Bismillah. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima alamtana. So the chapter heading today that the author, Al-Hajjawi, may Allah have mercy upon him, he gives us is Bab Salat al-Tatawwa, the chapter pertaining to supererogatory prayers. Tatawwa in the Lugha, Tatawwa linguistically is fi'l al-ta'a, is that you do an act of worship. As Allah says in the Quran, وَمَنْ تَطَوَّعَ خَيْرًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ اصطلاحاً, uh, technically, تَطَوَّعَ means فِعْلِ الطَّاعَةَ غَيْرُ وَاجِبَةً is to do an act of worship which is not obligatory. To do an act of worship which is not obligatory. What are some of the important benefits of doing these extra optional prayers? There's a huge amount of benefits. But please mention to me one of the important benefits of doing extra tatawa' salah. Question to yourselves. What is the benefit of doing extra optional prayers? Assalamu um, alaikum. Uh, it makes up for mistakes in the first salah. Excellent. Well done. Very good. Jazakallah khair. In the hadith in Tirmidhi, the Prophet said, That the first thing that the person will be taken to account for on the day of judgment from his actions is the salah. And if his prayer is well and good, all in order, then he has become successful. And if his prayers are not correct, they have mistakes, he's missing out on some of the prayers, etc in a state of thought and if there is something missing from his obligatory prayers then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to the angels look to the scroll of my slave does he have any extra optional prayers and then use those optional prayers to make up for the mistakes and the missing parts which were found uh, regarding the obligatory prayers. So here we find in this hadith in Tirmidhi that to do the optional prayers is something so important because it fixes for us the mistake in our obligatory salawat. And many of us have, we have mistakes in the obligatory salawat. And also from doing these optional deeds, a great benefit is that when shaitan he comes to attack us, he's gonna have less chance in getting us to leave off the salawat. Why? Because these optional prayers, they're like an outer barrier, an outer uh, wall of protection, protecting our obligatory prayers. And if we didn't have those, then the attack of shaitan will be directly to our obligatory prayers. But because we have that outer barrier of protection of the optional prayers, shaitan first has to get to those before he can get to us being lazy about our obligatory salawat. So these are some of the benefits and there's many more. So to do the optional prayers is something which is extremely important and recommended. The author, he says, uh, kusuf. So the author now is going to list, in his opinion, uh, in terms of order of importance or superiority, what, which salah comes first and second and third and fourth. So he says that the first salah is the salat al-kusuf. Why is this the first? It's because the Prophet wasallam commanded it and he never left it off when the need was there to pray. So the Kusuf Salah is the solar eclipse Salah, either due to the sun or the moon. 
uh, it's the Eclipse Salah, and we'll speak about this later on in the chapters uh, when the author he dedicates a chapter to this. So it was never left off by the Prophet Sallallahu unlike the one that comes after it, Salatul Istisqa, the rain Salah, the Prophet Sallallahu from time to time would leave it if he wouldn't pray it. And also Salatul Qusuf is solely for Allah Azawajal in the sense that it's not like Salatul Istisqa, which is seeking a benefit for the creation. So Salatul Qusuf is solely for Allah Azawajal in terms of uh, turning to him out of fear and hope uh, to remove the Qusuf and to worship Allah as well. So secondly, the author, he says, he categorizes Thumma Istisqa'un. Then after the Salatul Kusuf is the Salatul Istisqa. And this is because um, there's a gathering of people. And what you'll notice is that the author, whenever there's a Salah where it's legislated to have Jama'ah, the, the author is going to put these Salah before the other types of Salawat. So any salah which is legislated to have jama'ah, like the kusuf that we just mentioned, and also this one that is tisqa, then it's going to be uh, put in higher rank than the ones before it. So this comes after kusuf because kusuf, the Prophet ﷺ never left it off, but it's tisqa. From time to time, the Prophet ﷺ would leave it off. And it's because also that this is uh, for the needs of the people and it's not solely for Allah in the sense that this is due to the need of the people requiring rain, etc. The author says, thirdly, meaning that the night prayer that we pray in Ramadan. So this is stressed in the third category because also it's legislated to have jama'ah and thus it resembles a fard. But why did the author put this as a third category and not the second category? Why does the author put this here as the third category and not the second category? A question to yourselves. I kind of mentioned the answer in passing. I think that because the first two categories are directly for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is put after Salat al-Istisqa al-Tarawi because Istisqa is for the fulfillment of the needs of the creation. And the needs of the creation is something which is very important. So that's why a tarawih, which is solely for Allah Azawajal, and there's no fulfillment of the needs of the creation, comes after al-istisqa, which is very important for the people in the sense that they need, they need their needs fulfilled. This is why it comes after um, al-istisqa. And also the Prophet Wasallam, as we know that after a few nights of praying with the people, the Prophet ﷺ left out Salat al-Taraweeh because he didn't want it to become obligatory. The fourth category of Salawat that the author mentions, optional prayers, he says, Thumma Witr, and then the Witr, right? This is ranked as fourth because there's no congregation, there's no jama' for this Salah unless it's uh, connected to the Taraweeh prayer, unless it's connected to the Taraweeh prayer. However, Witr is something which is extremely important. As many of the Imams, they said, like Imam Ahmed, Imam Shafi'i, and others, they said, uh, That whoever leaves out the Witr prayer, which is basically just one rakah uh, in its uh, minimum form, then this person is an evil person. And it's not appropriate that his witness, his testimony be taken. So this is kind of a warning to people that they shouldn't leave out the witr on purpose. 
the author he says now pertaining to the witr speaking about the witr he says yuf'alu al-isha wal fajr that the witr is prayed between the isha and the fajr and this is even in the case if uh, isha is prayed in the time of maghrib jama taqdim okay because once isha is prayed in the time of maghrib the point is that once isha is prayed then you can go ahead and you can pray witr in the hadith in tirmidhi the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, That Allah Azawajal has given you a prayer which is better for you than the red camels. And as we know, in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, red camels, they were like the Rolls Royces of the time, something very valuable. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah has made it from the time of Isha until the morning prayer comes in, until the Fajr prayer starts, okay, the time of the Fajr prayer. So the time for Isha is between, uh, the time for uh, Witr is between Isha and Fajr. And also the end time with regards to uh, the prayer, we mentioned in the hadith just now, but another narration that ulama use is the one in Bukhari where the Prophet ﷺ said, that the night prayer is to be done in pairs, in pairs of, uh, in two, two. And then if one of you is fearful that the dawn is about to come upon him, Fajr time is about to come upon him, then he prays one raka'ah. Then he goes ahead and prays one raka'ah and that will make a witr out of what he has prayed before. So for the point in the hadith, is that it mentioned that if you are fearful that the dawn is about to come upon you, the time of Fajr is about to come upon you. So that is the end time of the Fajr Salah. Question to yourselves, what is the best time to pray Fajr? Uh, to pray Witr? What is the best time to pray the Witr Salah? In uh, the last third of the night? Exactly, the last third of the night is the best time to pray the Witr due to the many narrations regarding Allah Azawajal descending at that time of night in a manner which befits His Majesty and calling out to the creation to answer their prayers. So the last third of the night is the best. The author, he says, may Allah have mercy upon him, that the least amount of witr is a raka'ah, meaning that if you pray witr just one raka'ah, this is mujzeh, this is sufficient, it suffices you and it's legislated for you to do that. In the hadith in Sahih Muslim, Ibn Umar, he said that the Prophet said, Al-Witru raka'atun min layl. That witr is one raka'ah from the end part of the night, from the later part of the night. So the hadith proves to us that if a person prays just one raka'ah, then that would suffice him as having prayed witr. And this was also the opinion of some of the companions, like Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, as well as Uthman radiallahu anhu, and Aisha radiallahu anha, as mentioned by Imam al-Baghawi in Sharh al-Sunnah. So to pray one raka'ah is okay, it's allowed to do so. The author, he then says, And the most amount of the witr that should be prayed is 13 raka'at. In the hadith in Bukhari Muslim, uh, Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrates, she says, مَا كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَزِيدُ فِي رَمَضَانِ وَلَا فِي غَيْهِ عَلَىٰ إِحْدَ عَشَرَ رَكَعَةٍ that the Prophet وسلم, would never increase in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan going above 11 rakahat. 
So this is what is the most and um, in uh, Imam Ibn Abdul Bar, Imam Ibn Abdul Bar in his book at Tamheed, he mentioned that this is that which is narrated the most from the Athar pertaining to this issue, that the most of the narrations pertaining to the issue of Witr, they mentioned that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would pray 11 raka'at. Imam Ibn Abdul Bar, he mentioned in a tamheed The author, he says, Mathna Mathna wa wahida. That as we mentioned in the previous hadith, that the night prayer is to be done two by two, and then you add one uh, raka'at to make everything a witr, to make everything before it a witr. Okay. So this is the preferable way to pray the witr that you do all of the units of prayer in twos, and then you add one uh, to finish the witr. The author he says, in That if the person prays witr five, okay, or seven then this is to be done continually. Meaning to say that you pray all of the raka'at together as one unit. You pray one raka'at, then after the sajdas, you go to the next raka'at till the end, and you make only one tashahud, and then you make the salim. So if, it's, if you're praying five or seven, then you pray all of them together with one sitting at the end, and then you make the taslim. And this was mentioned in the hadith in Sahih Muslim by Aisha radiallahu anha, when she said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي من الليل ثلاثة عشرة ركعة that the Prophet وسلم, would pray at times, would pray in the night 13 ركعات and he would يُتِرُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ بِخَمْسِ and he would make witr with five from that لا يَجْلِسُ فِي شَيْءٍ إِلَّا فِي آخِرِهَا and he wouldn't sit as a tashahud except in the last of that ركعات in the last of the ركعات um, the author he says if you are praying nine, so we told you how to pray five and we told you how to pray um, the seven, with regards to praying nine, the author he's saying, what you do here, after having prayed from one to eight all together in one go, you make one tashahud, okay? And then you get up and you pray one more rakah, and then you make the taslim. Okay, so with regards to praying nine, you pray all of the eight together, then you make a tashahud, and then you get up, pray another rakah to make it nine, and then you make the taslim. The author, he says, Al-Kamal, the least of completion, is to pray three raka'at with making two taslims. What he means here is that you pray two raka'at, a pair of raka'at, you make the tashahud and you make the taslim, you finish those two, then you get up and you pray the third raka'at, okay, by itself, and then you make the taslim. So if you want to pray three, you do two, you make the taslim, you get up, you do the third one by itself, you make the tashahud and you make the taslim. This is the way to do it. And this is what has been mentioned uh, from the madhab by Al-Mirdawi Al-Insaf in his book Al-Insaf as being the, uh, the uh, popular opinion in the madhab. And this is what also Sheikh Ibn Baz said is the best way to do so. Question to yourselves 
and some of you are asking questions inshallah i'll come back to the questions because we've moved on uh from uh, the part where your question is related to uh, a question to yourself when praying three rakaat what sifr what uh way of praying it do we have to avoid when praying three rakaat in witr what way of praying do we have to avoid it's resembling uh, Maghrib, Salatul Maghrib. Exactly, we have to avoid uh, resembling Salatul Maghrib because the Prophet said, لا المغرب. Don't pray with three resembling Maghrib. And Ibn Hajj al Asqalani, uh, he said that this is authentic according to the criteria of uh, Bukhari and Muslim, though they didn't narrate it. Imam Hakim and others narrated it, but they said. He said the hadith was authentic based upon their criteria. The author he says, Yakra'u fil ula bisabbih wa fi thalitha wa fi bil kafirun wa fi thalitha bil ikhlas. That in the first raka'ah uh, you pray sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la as mentioned in the hadith of Ahmad and Abi Dawood that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yutir bi thalat wa kana yakra'u fil ula bisabbih isma rabbika al-a'la in the hadith narrated by Ubay ibn Ka'b, as collected by Ahmed and Abi Dawood and others, the Prophet used to pray three witr, and in the first he would recite, Sabbih Rabbika In the second raka'ah he would recite, Qul ya kafirun. And in the third raka'ah he would recite, Qul Allahu ahad. The author he says, and in the witr salah, you make the dua al-qunut in the last rak'ah after getting up from the ruku'. So qunut, lughatan, in the lugha, it has many meanings and from its meaning is dua. And that is what is intended in this part of the chapter. That qunut, it means to make dua. Okay, as mentioned by uh, Imam al-Nawi in his al-Majmu'ah, in his book al-Majmu'ah. Uh, so dua is made to either protect yourself from harm or to ask for good. That is the meaning of qunut. And the mashhur in the madhab, the famous opinion in the madhab, that is the qunut is made with witr all year round. The qunut is made with witr all year round, not just in Ramadan. So when you're making the qunut, the author he tells us what to say. He says, يقول, Allah mahdina fi man hadayt. Allah mahdini fi man hadayt. Allah, guide me amongst those that you have guided. وَعَافِنِي fi man afayt. And give me a state of well-being in terms of my deen, in terms of my worldly affairs, in terms of my health. Give me a state of well-being amongst those that you have blessed with well-being. And take me under your wing of protection with those that you have taken under your wing of protection. And bless me, give me barakah in that which you have given me. And save me from the evil that you have decreed. You are the one that passes judgment and decree, and no judgment or decree is given in regards to you. The one that you bring close to you in terms of protection will never, will never be humiliated. And the one that you have taken to have as an enemy, that person will never have honor and never be raised in rank. Tabarakta Rabbana wa ta'alayt Raised are you Allah Azawajal High and Mighty And blessed Tayyib Ibn Taymiyyah Rahimahullah Ta'ala He said in his Majmul Fatawa 
that this dua that you're making, Allah mahdini fi man wa'afini. So you can see that the dhamir here is uh, mufrad, that you are making it for one person, which is yourself. Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, regardless of whether you are praying by yourself or you're praying in a congregation, then you should make uh, this plural. Why? He said, because uh, even if you are praying by yourself and not in a congregation, you are including the ummah in this dua and Allah knows best. So according to his opinion, you would say, Allah mahdina fi man hadayt. So you put the Dameer of the moon, which is the plural, uh, the plural um, pronoun. Okay, you would do it in plural, according to what Ibn Taymiyyah said. The author says, then after that, you add on the dua, which is mentioned in uh, Ahmed and Abi Dawood, where the Prophet ﷺ would say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bi rabbaka min sakhatika. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in your pleasure from your anger. طيب. And I seek refuge in you giving uh, a state of well-being uh, and a state of overlooking and pardoning from your anger. Okay? From your punishment, sorry. From your punishment. And I seek refuge in you from you. I cannot, I'm unable to praise you and to extol your virtues and they should be extolled. You alone are able to extol your virtues in a true way. So this should also be said. And then the author, he says to us that we should make salah upon the Prophet And this is understood because it's dua. At the end of every dua should be salah upon the Prophet And in mentioned in Tirmidhi, the Prophet was teaching one of the companions how to make dua and he said, uh, that verily dua when you make it it's between the heavens and the earth nothing from the dua is raised up to the heavens until you pray uh, upon Muhammad until you pray upon your prophet so praying upon the prophet Muhammad after the dua is one of the ways to ensure that it's raised up to Allah Azza wa Jal and that hadith was authenticated by Sheikh Al-Albani. The author, he says, And then the person, after making the dua, he wipes his face. Now, this is based upon some narrations that, for example, Imam al-Bukhari brought in his Adab al-Mufrad. But just because you hear the name Imam al-Bukhari doesn't mean it's authentic. Because Imam al-Bukhari, though he was the Imam of Muhaddithin, in this book, Al-Adab al-Mufrad, he didn't make it a stipulation that all of the hadith would be authentic, unlike his other Jamil Khabir, unlike his other collection, which is known as Sahih Bukhari. There it was stipulated that all of the hadith had to be authentic. But in this collection, Adab al Mufrad, that stipulation wasn't there. And some of the scholars, quite a few of them, like Ibn Taymiyyah and Sheikh Al Albani and others, they said that the hadith pertaining to the wiping of the face after the dua are weak, they're not authentic. And Allah knows best. The author, he says, And it's disliked for the person to make qunut in other than witr. Meaning that the person, he shouldn't do this in his fard salawat. If he's not, if he's praying the fard prayers, he shouldn't do the witr. This is something which is disliked. Because it's not reported from the Prophet that he ever did so. Illa, except, and 
illa an tanzila bil muslimin nazila except or unless there is a nazila uh, upon the muslims nazila means that it's a very difficult uh, tribulation it's a time of difficulty extreme worry and something of that nature something very difficult is happening to the muslims like it's happening in many cases uh, to muslim communities and muslim uh, population around the world today so nazila is something which is a difficult tribulation and the ulama they say that this exception that the author is giving that you can do the uh, in the fard salah as an exception is when there is a nazila so the nazila is of two types one is which is from allah azza in the sense that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends something uh, through nature like an earthquake or he sends uh, you know stormy winds uh, hurricanes etc something of that nature which causes a tribulation for the people in this situation because it's from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then the then the dual qunut is not legislated okay according to the method however if the nazila if the tribulation is from the creation in the sense that you have enemy attacking the muslim lands or um, you know doing things like uh, establishing an, an embargo which is making life very difficult then in this type of situation then the qunut uh, is legislated in the fard salah because the prophet ﷺ made qunut against the 70 against the people that killed the 70 reciters uh, when they killed them right so in any nazila which is from the creation it's allowed but in a nazila which is from allah it's not allowed then the author he makes an exception to the exception he just made he said except for the ta'un ta'un is um, a plague but it's a very specific type of plague it's not just any epidemic it's a plague which is very specific and the ulama have discussed what it is it's the type of plague that befalls the body and the insides of the body become um, you know become um, corrupt it's not the word i'm looking for but the inside of the body becomes uh, decayed and uh, the blood and pus starts to come out from the skin this is what ta'un uh, is so uh, the companions of Allah when they had ta'un it's never been reported that they made dual qunut okay and also because they understood that the prophet had mentioned in many narrations that this is shahada for the one that dies from this that's a gift that the one who dies from this he gets to be raised the rank of the martyr but the COVID-19 that we are suffering today we ask Allah to protect all of the Muslims and to raise it from all of creation I mean is not according to the majority of the ulama in this category because as I said the ta'un is a specific wabba it's a specific plague and COVID-19 is not uh, considered as being part of this so again the author he said to us that the qunut uh, is in the last rakah of the witr and it shouldn't be done in the far salah unless it's a nazila and we said that the nazila is of two types if it's from Allah so tell the creator then it's not to be done but if it's from the creation in terms of war etc then it's allowed to be done and also the author just gave another exception now he said unless it's a ta'un if it's a ta'un if it's a plague of some sort then this is not allowed to be done uh, not if it's a plague of some sort if it's the specific plague which is the ta'un then it's not allowed to be done uh, for this the author he says in the situation where there's a nazila and there's a tribulation and the people are going to make then what is legislated is that is for the imam al-a'zam that is for the emir of the muslims is the leader of the muslim the khalifa that he is the one that should be making this he's the one that should be leading the people in this 
And if he doesn't, then the one that he appoints or whoever the ministry on behalf of the, uh, the leader of the Muslim appoints, these are the ones that should be doing it. Why? They say because in the time of the Prophet him وسلم, being the leader, nobody else was ever reported to have made dua al-qunut other than the Prophet وسلم, when he was alive. And the mashur in the madhab, the mashur, the famous opinion in the madhab is that it's, uh, it's recommended that this person who's making the dua al-qunut uh, in this situation, the situation of the nazila and having been appointed by the authority, that they make it in every salah. Why? Because it's narrated in Ahmed and Abi Dawood from Ibn Abbas that the Prophet Sallallahu that the Prophet he made dua al-qunut for a month continually and he did it in every single one of the prayers in Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha and in Fajr Salah. However, they say that in Maghrib and in Fajr, it's highly stressed to do so. But if you don't do it in the other Salawat, then the one that is more highly stressed to do so is in the Maghrib and the Salat al-Fajr in the situation of being of having a nazila. So the author said that it's allowed to do it in the fard, in the obligatory prayers when there is a nazila and when the Imam of the Muslims or the authority of the Muslims has commanded this. Now my question to you or a question to you, what obligatory prayer would be an exception from that? What obligatory prayer would be an exception from that? Jumu'ah prayer. Because Salatul Jum'ah, you already have a dua in the bimbar and the people are congregated for that already. So that is the one that is exempt, Barakallahu Feek, as mentioned by Sheikh Hamad al-Hamad in his explanation of Zahd al-Mustafa. The author, he goes on to mention now, Praying Salatul Tarawih is 20 raka'ah, 20 raka'ah. Excuse me. Taraweeh is Qiyam Ramadan, is to pray the night prayer in Ramadan. Or another way of saying it as the ulama, they say here, Salatul Muslimin Jama'atan fi Ramadan ba'd al-Isha. It is to pray together after Isha in Ramadan, when the Muslims congregate to play, to pray in Ramadan. Wasumiyat bidalik, and it's given the name of Taraweeh. Why? Li'annahum kanu yatarawahuna, because they would take rest. Taraweeh from yatarawahuna, tarawah. Okay, that to take a rest, that they would sit between every four uh, units of prayer, they would sit and take a rest. They would take a rest between every four raka'at. So taraweeh has comes from the word where you take a rest. And taraweeh in Ramadan is 23 raka'at is 20 raka'at, adding the three for the witr. And this is narrated by Imam Malik and Imam Bayhaqi and Al-Kubra. That the Prophet, that uh, it says, كَانَ النَّاسُ يَقُومُونَ فِي زَمَانِ كَانَ النَّاسُ يَقُومُونَ فِي زَمَانِ إِبْنِ الْخَطَابِ بِثَلَاثَ وَعَشْرِينَ رَكَعَةً فِي رَمَضَانِ That the people, they used to stand in the time of Umar radiallahu anhu, the 23 raka'at, okay, in Ramadan. So this is generally the accepted opinion amongst the majority of the ulama. Some of the ulama, they say you pray less, you pray 11. Some they say like the Malikis, you pray more, you pray 36. And Ibn Taymiyyah, he mentioned that in reality, there's no 
specification of how much is legislated to pray in Ramadan, except that uh, this is the more popular opinion of praying 20 within the three, 23 raka'at. So if somebody was to pray less than that or more than that, then it's nothing that the Muslims should argue over. And Ibn Taymi, he said that the Muslims, they should look and uh, if they are going to pray longer, then they shorten the raka'at. If they're going to pray shorter, a time period, then they increase the number of raka'at and Allah knows best. Uh, he said, the author, Tuf'alu fi jama'atin, that the taraweeh is done in congregation. And this is how it's always been done, that the uh, Salat al-Taraweeh has been prayed in congregation. However, if you were to pray it not in congregation, then it would be, still be valid and legislated. And this brings us to a uh, point uh, that many are talking about today, which is whether you can, you can pray taraweeh behind the TV or the radio or something of that nature because people can't get to the masajid due to the COVID-19. The overwhelming uh, fatawa from the uh, overwhelming amount of scholars is that it's not allowed to be prayed behind the TV uh, or even behind the radio, even if you can see the imam, because the rows are not connected. Okay, The rows have to be connected from the imam and to those who are praying behind him. And for many other reasons that they mentioned, but this is one of the key reasons. So he said it should be done in jama'ah, and if it's not done in jama'ah, as we said, then it's not problematic. Uh, and also, witr is to be prayed uh, with the taraweeh in congregation. If you are praying the taraweeh in congregation. If you leave the witr uh, and don't pray with the imam, then that is well and good, as we'll come to discuss. But if you're praying taraweeh, uh, with an imam, then it's better to finish it and pray the witr also because the Prophet ﷺ said, as collected by Imam Abi Dawood, uh, whoever prays with the imam until the imam leaves, then he gets the reward as having prayed the whole night. So it's a mistake that people do, they end up leaving in between the uh, salah and they don't finish with the imam because they miss out on this huge reward which is that you get the reward of praying the whole night with the, in congregation. So he says, it's prayed with witr after Isha, بعد Isha في Ramadan, in Ramadan. And the one who is making tahajjud will make his witr after the tahajjud. What this means here is that if somebody is praying with the imam, right, but he wants to, or he knows, he intends later on that he's going to get up and pray more raka'at in the night after the taraweeh, then this person, he doesn't pray, uh, he shouldn't pray the witr with the imam, but rather he should pray later, okay? So this is one of the explanations of this point as mentioned by Sheikh Mansour Saqib. That he shouldn't pray, that he doesn't pray with the imam because he's gonna get up again in the night. Uh, so he prays his witr, alone in the night later on and because in the hadith in Bukhari Muslim Ibn Umar said that the Prophet said make the last of your prayers in the night witr okay the author he says if the person does decide to pray with his imam okay because he wants to get the whole reward of praying with the imam then what he has to do he has to make the witr shafa. So he prays 
the 23 raka'at with the imam. And when the imam makes the taslim after the 23rd raka'ah, after the witr, then the person gets up and adds another raka'ah. He doesn't make taslim with the imam on that witr. And this will make it shafa. This will make it four instead of going three, right? So this enables the person and then that later on when he prays in the night, he can still pray his witr because you know the hadith of Prophet Sallallahu where he said uh, that there cannot be two witr in one night. So you can't repeat the witr twice. So the author is saying that if you pray the witr with your imam in taraweeh, then after the imam makes taslim of the witr, then you get up and make one more raka'ah, and then you make the taslim, okay? This will uh, enable you to then pray your witr later on in the night, whenever you want to do so, according to this opinion. The author says, And it's disliked to make any nafah between the units of the taraweeh. So when the imam has finished praying too, and if he rests for like a few minutes, then it's disliked for the person to get up and to pray any nafal at that time when the imam is resting. Uh, why is this the case? Question to yourselves. Why is this the case? Why is it disliked to pray when the imam is resting? Between the pairs, between the units of uh, taraweeh. Is it because the, uh, it's linked to the reward of praying with the Imam? It's to do with that in the sense that it's it's mufarq al-jama'ah. You are breaking away from what the jama'ah is doing. The jama'ah are praying behind their Imam and they're waiting for him, waiting for the rest. And then they get up and they continue. So it's uh, it's dislike to do that. However, there is an exception that some of the ulama, they allow that you can do it. When do you think you may be allowed to do it? That you may be allowed to pray between the units of taraweeh, what do you think there might be? Uh, where where might be where may there be an exception? Where may there be an exception to the dislike? Is uh, the maybe the uh, obligatory pray if you are, if you want to pray? So we're talking specifically about the taraweeh. The author is saying that if you when the imam is resting then in that time period you shouldn't do any nafal okay and i said that there's an exception the exception is uh when in some places where the rest is very long for example the rest is like 15 minutes or more and in some places they break the taraweeh up into two sections they do eight or they do four uh in the early part of the night and then they complete the taraweeh in the latter part of the night so in that situation you have a long period of time and within those periods you can do extra nafal if you wish to do so the author, he continues, may Allah have mercy upon him, and he says, La ta'aqib fi jama'atin. It's not disliked to make ta'aqib in jama'at. Ta'aqib in jama'at is that after taraweeh has been prayed with the imam, okay, then the people, they come back later on in groups, and they pray again in jama'at, extra nafal in jama'at. Uh, Ibn Abi Shayba, Imam Ibn Abi Shayba in his musannaf, he collects from Anas uh, radiallahu anhu, who said that there's no harm in doing it. La ba'as bihi. They're returning to a good that they hope goodness from, meaning that they're returning to a good act of worship, which that they hope will give them lots of reward. And they are returning to seek refuge in uh, evil that they are fearful from, meaning they are uh, seeking refuge in the punishment of Allah by doing this extra act of worship. 
So Anas radiallahu anhu and some other companions, as mentioned by Imam Ibn Abi Shayba, they said that it's not a problem if the people, they come back and they do this ta'qib. Yani they come back after the tarawih is finished and they pray again in jama'ah. However, to add, uh, to mention that the previous hadith that we mentioned, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that whoever prays with the imam until he leaves, then qiyam al-layl is written for him, meaning he prayed the whole night. This hadith has context to it. The companions, they came to the Prophet sallallahu and they said, Ya Rasulullah, please extend for us the taraweeh. And they were so eager, they wanted to pray even more than the three to five hours or even more that they were already praying with the Prophet So they asked the Prophet to make it even longer. So then the Prophet quoted them these words that whoever prays with the Imam, then it's as though he has prayed the whole night. Whoever finishes with the Imam from start to end, it's as though he has prayed the whole night. So it's as though the Prophet is saying to them, you can't do better than this. The fact that you prayed with the Imam from beginning to end, you get the reward of the whole night. So it kind of puts what the author is saying in a bit of a um, suspect light, but Allah knows best. Of course, he has his evidence for it. And he knows way more than I know and much better than I know. Uh, but I just thought I'd add that there to give you some context with regards to those who disagree with it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. We'll stop here, inshallah, and not move on to any other sections. And uh, I ask Allah to make everything I said correct and to forgive me for my shortcomings and mistakes. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this effort that you are making heavy in your scale of good deeds and to make you from those who understand, learn, memorize, and then teach to your loved ones and to your communities to get even more reward and to spread the knowledge, Amin, and to protect us all from COVID-19 and any other type of harm that may be there. If you have any questions, then feel free.